Before Shopify, were you wondering, where my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. <clears throat> oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Shopify.com slash listen. The New Zealand shooting story is serving many agendas from censorship to gun control. Are you buying into them? The Monica Perez Show starts now. This is Monica Perez, your libertarian voice on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB every Saturday from 3 to 6. And I'm also on tomorrow, Sunday from 12 to 2. But uh, I'm here live now on WSB. And uh, there's, I had such a long list of things that we really need to touch on. And I think since I have a lot of hours this weekend, we will get to them all. But the New Zealand shooting story, normally I don't like to focus on those stories. I don't like to give them, uh, I, I would never want to give a murderer airtime and, uh, you know, any PR is good PR. So I don't like to do that. And I rarely believe the, uh, the facts, so-called the official narrative that is packaged for us in the mainstream media. So it's hard to, to learn the real lessons from these events because it's hard to know, uh, what the real facts are. But the one reason I do uh, pay attention to these things is they always, without exception, it's almost tautological, it's like it has to go together, that when it's getting round-the-clock media coverage, it's always being used for policy objectives. It's Rahm Emanuel saying, you never want to let a good crisis go to waste. And I think, so I, first and foremost, take notice of the policies that they are pushing with the event. And then that's when I really call into question if we're being told all the facts as they are, and then uh, you can go further down the rabbit hole and say, well, was this person provoked? Was that person targeted? Judge Napolitano did a famous special report on Fox about how, and New York Times had an article about it too, about how the vast majority of terrorist attacks and arrests in the U.S., were a result of FBI sting operations. And I would say, this is why I think things like that should always go to trial, is that you don't, it, in part of those stories was that people who are a little bit unstable are targeted for the FBI activity. And then you hear even the last guy in Atlanta who was arrested he was arrested trying to buy weapons from government agents. So you've got to wonder where the provocations are starting and where this is just spontaneously, in this case, emerges from radicalization on social media, that it's 
um, the agenda here is that we need to censor social media, especially live streaming. And for me, I've been censored on YouTube, absolutely obliterated on WordPress. I've experienced my questions. I don't say racist or misogynistic or hateful or violent things ever. I just question stuff. And that gets me suppressed. And I actually thought that one way to at least get Binkley and I, my producer here, do podcasts. And we dig a little deeper. We have a little more time. And uh, we talk about maybe what is down the rabbit hole a little bit more. Because that stuff's pretty subtle. You really have to get into it. And that's when we get suppressed. And I thought, well, if we did the YouTube live, like a Google Hangout thing, like a lot of people do, at least our kind of first pass listeners could hear what we have to say before the video is suppressed. But this... New Zealand situation is exactly the event that's going to, I mean, I have, I was really, <laughs> was worried about my own health, how hard I was triggered by the Wall Street Journal today with all the articles that just were repeating over and over and over again, live stream video is dangerous. And here's the thing. I want to talk about that. This is, I really want to get into it because they're just pushing it so hard. I have so many smoking guns that that's all they want. And that in itself, that this, that this story is so tailor-made for that meme makes me wonder how much of the truth we're really getting here. But the real moral hazard with allowing these events to generate policy that you would not, as Ron Manuel said, would not uh, normally be able to generate, the real moral hazard is... Let's say it's a completely authentic event with no provocation other than what they're really telling us, that it, that it emerged organically from social media. Here's the problem. There, I can cite two examples off the top of my head. One was this Defense Intelligence Agency report. You can find it at Levant Report or something is the blog that still has it up there, where Mike Kelly, who the famous, infamous Mike Kelly, and uh, who got into trouble working for Trump, he was the head of the DIA. And he was quoted as saying that if something like ISIS, an Islamic state, were to arise on the border of Syria and Iraq, it would be great. It would be just what we wanted, I believe is the quote, that will give them the excuse to cross over from a military presence in Iraq to a military presence in Syria where they wanted to effect regime change. He got a lot of flack for that. And you can look at it as... I mean, some people will, will go one step further and say, you didn't just wait for it, you created it. Uh, you don't even have to say that. There's another thing, the Project for New American Century, where they say what we need is a new Pearl Harbor to justify, uh, I don't know if it was regime change in Iraq, but interference in the Middle East. This was one year before 9-11. I'm not saying that they planned it. I'm saying it that if you have government agents who are in charge of preventing this stuff, who express that it would be good to have it so they could get the policy they want, then maybe they're not just going to, the theory is like, let it happen on purpose, lie hop. Like, maybe they will. I don't know. I'm not accusing anyone. I'm just saying it's a moral hazard to let an event that's getting a lot of media 
attention and spin to determine a policy that might otherwise have the effect of suppressing your rights. Now, do you have a right to live stream on Facebook and YouTube? Well, I would say you don't uh, under the assumption that Facebook and YouTube, Google are truly private companies. I don't think they are. I think that both because of help they've had from the Department of Defense over the years or other government tech, even just benefiting from uh, some people who were developed by incubators that are funded by the Department of Defense. Also, what will happen now, this, this event happens to dovetail with Facebook preparing for regulation, I would say, it was already in my show notes for this week that Facebook wants the regulation because they can handle it. I was actually listening to Fox Business this week and they said, oh, Facebook's happy to have the regulation because they're the big guys. They can handle it. The little guys can't handle it. So what happens when you have big regulation like this is it pushes the competitors out. So that is a way for government action to choose the winner an oligopoly or, or a dominant player in an industry. And when they have that advantage, they can do whatever they want. They can suppress you and keep you from accessing uh, tech because as they become more egregious in their censorship and their control, even if a competitor would have a hard time competing with them, it would not be impossible. And eventually you might be driven to a competitor. Like Twitter has to face competition from Gab. And it took a lot. Gab was taken down. And then they came back up. And now they're being targeted by this. Gab's the only one who let the live streaming video of this event uh, come out. That's one. Of, we'll get to that. But I'm saying that if you allow these, these events to control policy, it's a moral hazard that... Uh, at least the messaging is going to promote the policy that's already on the agenda. I literally had the Facebook regulation on the agenda this week because there was activity around Facebook this week. So uh, I want to, so up next, I want to go through the really cookie cutter stereotype that we're being told about this guy if that makes you smell a rat as to whether the story, uh, if we're getting all the facts and nothing but the facts. So, and then I want to talk about how those facts that we're being told are playing into not only the censorship policy, but other policies. So this is serious because of its implication on how it's going to affect our rights. And I understand it was in New Zealand, but the impression, the policy support can come from uh, just the emotionalism in the air. It doesn't have to be on our soil, but I'm sure New Zealand is the primary target because they have lax gun control and they have always been an example that I've used. I've also used Vermont. I actually identified Vermont like I hope that they don't become a target because they have very high gun ownership rates, very loose gun laws and very low crime. And that was true in New Zealand also. I at least had read that and cited that before. So it doesn't surprise me that that the first thing the prime minister of New Zealand said was now is the time to tighten our gun laws. So let's 
unpack all that, that uh, trendy little expression, but it applies. Let's do it uh, right after the break. This is Monica Perez. Monica Perez. Now, there is a president who may have been elected, but the real man in charge lives several miles underground. On News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. So I got so carried away talking about the agendas that are going to emerge from the New Zealand shooting story that I didn't even say hello to Binkley. Hi, Binkley. How are you doing? I'm fantastic. How are you? Fine, thank you. I uh, I know you have had the same experience with this story about the shooting in New Zealand that I have had where... The I, I'm so triggered by how much propaganda is being generated all towards one purpose, which is, I mean, in my opinion, the number one, like 80% of the ink that I've read has been dedicated to suppressing live streaming from the Internet. And, Absolutely. Uh, and I, do you agree with that? I have about 10 headlines from articles that, perfectly describe what you just said can you rattle a few off and tell me where you're seeing them i've got 10 just from the wall street journal <laughs> i read the wall the, street journal this morning i was the like, christchurch shooter streamed video live on facebook and posted on on platforms how will we stop them <laughs> um where's the better ones well, I, I can tell you, I've gotten a few. There's one whole article. I mean, the Wall Street Journal, I think it had five articles this morning, almost all of which. There was a, a, a few that went. Another, so it start, It goes with the live streaming is one big one. It is the biggest one, absolutely. And I, and I believe it's to solve the problem that I, the, the whole that I already thought of about how they've been censoring me. And I thought, well, if I just do a live YouTube broadcast and get calls and everything like that at least the people who tune in will hear before it gets suppressed you got another one for me oh yeah how the new how the new zealand shooter hijacked our social media hellscape oh wow well look so it's not just the live streaming that he supposedly did what he did was he learned from 4chan uh, other uh, gab was targeted how he learned from these like gray web or whatever the methods of generating a message and one of the one of the articles i read is it's hard to spot the terrorists among the trolls harassing people online and murdering them aren't the same thing but the internet creates space for the two to intersect that was in the journalist morning absolutely and that theme of not being able to, to distinguish. I saw that everywhere where they were talking about coded language and use of, of memes. So they're going to start targeting people who use memes who are sarcastic to progressives is basically what I took from some of these articles. You're going to be potentially a target for getting deplatformed or even pre-crime. That's a lot. I, uh, I think that we should get into those topics at the bottom of the hour coming up after this break i have to say there there is i was immediately reminded of that i think it was a 150 slide presentation i believe it was the department of defense but it was definitely a u.s agency about memetics and the one thing that always rings in my mind about that is 
that one of the slides or a group of the slides was called uh, Enhancing Dysfunctional Subcultures through memes enhancing dysfunctional subcultures through memes and there you've got his manifesto is a meme generator is it not absolutely all right let's do it after the break this is monica perez monica perez she's an anti-terminator terminator on news 95.5 at am 750 wsb i am your libertarian on wsb and sometimes saturdays three to six by the way and sometimes Being the libertarian, not buying into the left-right dialectic helps you put aside the side you're supposed to take and try to find the facts. And if you can't find the facts, at least always remember your principles. So don't let scary stuff scare you out of your principles. Uh, I want to, if you want to tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show, maybe we'll read some tweets. If you want to call me, 404-872-0750 or 800-WSB-TALK, I'm going to go to a call. I'm going to Joe. Joe, you are on with Monica. Thank you, Monica, for taking my two cents, as always. Um, listen, I uh, by 10 o'clock yesterday morning, I was already sick and tired of hearing this story. And let me tell you why. I can't speak for everybody in America or the whole world on this thing, but I can tell you this, like I was telling your good call screener, that guy that did that yesterday, many say he was sicko crazy. No, he wasn't. The man owned them guns legally that did this. I believe he was as sane as you and I. I believe this is a big pushback of all these Muslims that these countries are letting in, like Australia, as well as New Zealand. What they did, they went after the guns first about 20 years ago, knowing that this was going to probably happen, that they wanted to do this, let all these Muslims in their country, and now look. I I just don't believe that this is any, uh, this, this as a react, what you're saying, I just don't believe that. This is so far beyond any reaction. It's just, it's, I'm not even going to get into things like, do you have to be crazy to do something like this? I don't really accept the details of what we're told here. So for you to come to your conclusion, you're taking the official narrative as the truth and then just trying to put motives and a narrative on top of that. I'm questioning the narrative. I'm questioning the facts we're being fed. You're you're picking a an argument that is within the the dialectic. So even some of the stuff that he supposedly is promoting is this is to create a gun control problem. So there's a backlash. It's to it's to foster this dialectic. And I'm saying by buying into that, you're saying you're validating one side or the other. And I think that these stories are manipulated, spun, um, or worse, to get us to buy into that dialectic so that there's, it's that, pro, a dialectic is the, the thesis, antithesis, synthesis, or more commonly, problem, reaction, solution. So if we all agree there are problems and we all react, then they will give us a solution. And it's the solution that they've already decided they wanted. And in this case, there's several. They always multitask on these things. But here, it's very narrowly 
keeping live streaming video from happening because in the future, if they want to create reality by creating news and you see that they have the technology to take people's faces and have Putin say something he didn't say and in video that you cannot tell. Right. Binkley, weren't you telling what what is that called? Deep fakes, deep fakes, deep fakes. Yes. Yeah. So if they're and then with the WordPress purging, they took people who were asking questions. They weren't taking, I don't think Alex Jones even was using WordPress. I don't know. But some of the, the, the platforms that deplatformed supposedly Alex Jones, he wasn't even using them. And Tucker Carlson, I mean, these people are, they were supposedly banned not for asking questions, but for saying things that freak people out. A lot of people, thousands of people, were banned from WordPress for just asking questions. And here, if you have if you have live streaming, there's going to be some truth out there that cannot be controlled. That is a very important glitch, an important hole uh, in the armor. So I think that diving into the dialectic is not what's in order now. I think we need to pull back from that and pay attention to the protections that we have. And the truth would be a protection for us if they want to tell us about events and then tell us a policy answer we really want the truth uh so anyway, i know that's not what you wanted to hear but uh i'm going to go to graham and canton uh you're on with monica hi i just had a question about like all the the shooting that happened in new zealand what you thought about that and what you think they'll do about that how to stop that uh, I believe that, uh, uh, again, I have to say, what what do we know really happened? The story is, I, I just don't believe we have all the details of the story. He supposedly killed 49 people shooting fish in a barrel and wounded 39 more as a lone wolf, live streaming it for 17 minutes. Supposedly he was actively shooting for 30 minutes. He drove from one mosque to another. And in all that time in a small city with this live streaming over the Internet, a a victim's wife, it was reported in the Wall Street Journal, was watching it in real time near the mosque. So why weren't the police stopping? You know, the story doesn't sound, I'm not criticizing that. I'm just saying the story does not hold together. One of the quotes in here was that this is straight out of the Wall Street Journal. It said uh, one of the worshipers quickly disarmed the man. And he fled and got into a waiting car. And supposedly, I mean, that doesn't drive with him having killed 41 people there if he was quickly disarmed. But yeah, maybe it can happen fast. But that kill rate is very high. So so what do we do about it? First, I want to know what exactly it is. I really, really want to know the facts. Then we can troubleshoot. Then we can say, okay, this is a problem. Do our tried and true laws and principles not address it? We have given up our right to self-defense, or at least uh, we rely on... The reason we have limited government is we agreed to pool our resources in the name of self-defense, to extend our right of self-defense to agents of government. And if they are not able to fulfill that, And furthermore, if their response to their inability to protect is to further disarm the citizenry, I would say the answer is we need to reassert that all of their power comes from our right to self-defense. And if they can't handle it 
because they can't be everywhere at once. Well, you are where you are. Everyone is everywhere at once. You, it can't ha- no one can be killed if there's nobody there to be killed. And so if that person, the victim, reasserts his or her right to self-defense, and the only way that the cops seem to think is effective through arms, then maybe that is the answer. I don't know, but I have to know the real problem first. Uh, I'm going to go to Jody in Atlanta. Jody, hey. you're on with Monica. Hey, what's going on? Thanks for taking my call. Listen, the answer is you arm the soft targets, arm the churches, arm your synagogues, arm your mosque. Every time a shooting comes around, we always hear, oh, we need to pass more gun laws. We need to do this and the other. But it's only a ruse. If you take away guns from the American citizen, then all of a sudden the weakest of us will be the ones that will be attacked and destroyed. That is the bottom line. I'm so sick of, of the liberal media, even the, the, the conservative, conservative media, saying, hey, more gun laws, more this. It doesn't work. It's real simple. If, I, if you know that I'm armed, you will think twice about attacking. I that totally agree. And I actually, I think that's the answer in the uh, hashtag Me Too movement also. I had a, an Indian caller call me, a guy from, who was originally from India, and he said, oh, there's a total, I, I'm not sure if this is true, but he said they have very strict gun laws in India, like no guns. And this was at the same time that uh, there were so there were numerous stories of extremely violent gang rape in India. And I said, yeah, maybe you should, if you're going to at least don't disarm the women, you know, I mean, I, I'm, all, I'm I know it's a little facetious, but you said the weakest among us. And, and I'll tell you, I consider it the great equalizer. Well, well let me ask you this. In the wild, so-called Wild West, and everybody was armed, you thought of twice about shooting someone. That is what I'm getting at. And I know that's a bit extreme, but again, if I know that you are possibly carrying a firearm, I'm going to think twice. And I'm just simply saying, in the mosque, every place you saw targets, you need to have people with weapons because you can pass every gun law there is. The criminals will have the guns, period. That's just it. And so I'm so sick of everybody saying, we need, and they're crying, we need to do this, we need to do that. No, you need to start carrying and stop popping these crazies. Oh, oh, sorry, 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 sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off, Jody. Um, but I will say, I wanted to respond to a couple of things, which is... Uh, I think if people choose to be armed, I, I get a little concerned. I probably wouldn't go into a drinking establishment that allowed firearms. I don't know. I might think about that. I don't know that well, that I think like when you're telling people, but but like churches and stuff like that, I, I people I don't even think you need to delegate someone to be uh, the armed person. I think that that just the idea of. Uh, you what you're saying, you don't know if somebody is armed or if people do think there's danger in their area. I mean, certainly, Kennesaw has had, from what I understand, Kennesaw has had that experience where their crime rate was going up and then they actually had a mandate where the people had to be armed, which is surprising to me. But, But my guess is that that would make you just keep driving you know just don't don't stop in that town to get up to your mischief unless you're trying to you know commit suicide by cop or whatever they call it um so i think look self-defense is our right and when you know it's not like they don't have 
uh, armed authority. There and and why did this thing go on for that long without a response? So to tell, of course, it's just just common sense to tell us that the answer is to make sure you can't enforce a negative. If there are hundreds of millions of guns, it's going to be pretty hard to make sure. It's like it's like. You can't be sure your kid isn't going to fall into the pool, but you can teach him how to swim. So, but, you know, it's not just about gun control. I mean, this stuff, this is about uh, the surveillance state, the censorship state. That is what these, they are terrorists. They are terrorist events. Now, who is doing the terrorizing and who is being terrorized maybe is a, a topic for after the break. You can call me 404-872-0750, 800-WSB-TALK, or you can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez. Wait a minute. This is the future. We're all a phase of guns. On News 95.5 and AM 750, WSB. Well, the past also had some guns, as Jody said, the Wild West, but uh, I'm not sure that our depiction of that really holds up to scrutiny. I have a book that was rather expensive. I believe I got it at Mises called The Wild West Was Not So Wild. So maybe I'll, I'll, this is a good time to read that and kind of debunk that myth. Um, I am going to go to a call. Mark in Atlanta. Mark, you're on with Monica. How you doing, Monica? Good. How are you doing? What's going on back there? Yeah, what I want to talk about briefly, Monica, is the fact that we have... I can't. Real serious problem with the leadership of this nation inciting people who are, I guess you could call them borderline uh, schizophrenic, borderline insane, whatever you want to call it, okay? But we have to address the fact that we have a leader in the form of our POTUS, President of the United States, who makes statements like they're good people on both sides of what took place in Charlottesville. Wait, can we just, Mark, I just want you to back up. Did you say that he triggers psychotics? He triggers the underlying possibility in people that would be, that would make them psychotic. Let's, you talk about, let's explore you talk that. About no, I mean, white, I really like to understand the connections because maybe you can convince me that that's true. What, what okay. specifically are you talking about? Okay, let's talk about what incites a riot, Okay. Let's talk about what he said and what the result was that you're pointing to. Okay. Let's start with the fact that his father was a known Ku Klux Klansman. Whoa, I have no idea about that. But let's start with supporting what you said, which is you said that he incites psychotics. And I want to understand specifically one example of where he did something and there was a result. Or even, it doesn't even have to be a very specific example. You can just say something he said and what you think was the outcome. Okay. The, the rhetoric throughout his campaign that had to do with how he identified with Muslims, how he wanted to end the Muslim migration to the United States, he wanted a Muslim ban. That's one incident. So what, you uh, think that him saying that incited this New Zealand guy to go into a mosque? I think I think that it may have fueled something in that person and other people who have done things when he has made statements. He has made derogatory statements about uh, the Jewish people. Okay, he made several Jewish uh, derogatory Did comments he really? about Jewish because people. Because he speaks oh, at IPAC. Go back IPAC. and look. Go and back his and son, look at his record. His son-in-law literally was in bed with Benjamin Netanyahu. Like I, I think that I. You would have to tell me the words that he used that were 
derogatory and anti-Semitic, only because that, I think, is um, not in evidence. And uh, I, I have to go to break right this second. I got a hard break. Um, but let's continue on these topics. I am open to the to being convinced. This is Monica Perez. <laughs> 